back people to rapid sports and lifestyle with ray j we are here on episode number four today thank you so much for tuning in and boy do we have a lot to talk about today today is the start of the new nfl league year officially so trades should be finalizing today including the antonio brown trade and the odell beckham jr trade as well We will also get into NBA action as well with the playoffs approaching slowly but surely. We're only about 14 to 16 games away depending on which team you're talking about. We're going to get into the disappointment of the Lakers season and a stacked Eastern Conference for once. All right, let's get into it. So to start, we have the new NFL League year with a couple of surprises coming our way. Some people forcing their way out, including Deshaun Jackson and Antonio Brown. But I just want to update on the huge free agent signings. All right, so let's get started with... Probably the most shocking in my eyes. I get it. It's market value. But the Jacksonville Jaguars just signed Nick Foles to a four-year, $88 million contract with incentives that can build up to $102 million. This absolutely blows my mind for a backup quarterback and a person that has never succeeded outside of the Eagles organization that you were going to go ahead and give him this much money Moving to defense, Landon Collins gets six years, 84 million, 45 guaranteed for the Redskins. Not a bad pickup, great young safety. Anthony Barr, he goes ahead, spurns the Jets' offer to return back to the team that drafted him, the Minnesota Vikings. The Jets go ahead and they pick up C.J. Mosley on a five-year, $85 million contract with $51 million guaranteed. So those are a couple of the big free agent signings. A couple of other quick ones, of course. Tyron Matthews, a huge pickup for the Chiefs. They go ahead and they trade D. Ford to the 49ers. After the trade, reward him with a five-year, $87.5 million contract. Big free agents that are still on the market. Of course, Le'Veon Bell, Earl Thomas, just to name a couple right there, and Justin Houston, KJ Wright at linebacker, and Ndamukong Sousa. Those are a couple free agents that are still available, um, but I really want to talk about the Antonio Brown trade, and I want to talk about the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. So when you go ahead and you take it into a perspective and you look at both of these trades, you really look and see that the Steelers got duped straight up. I mean, the Steelers absolutely got duped, 
and it is none other I mean, you could put it on all fronts. You could say, hey, this is Mike Tomlin's fault. He built the team. He needs to control his team. He's losing the locker room. This is on him. You could put it on the quarterback saying, hey, you need to get your guys together. You could put it on ownership. You could put it on management. But at the end of the day, it all fell. Personally, in my eyes, it falls into Antonio Brown being a complete ass for three months. Absolutely complete ass. And kilt his own trade value. And, but hey, it doesn't matter to him because he eventually got it what he wanted. He is now the highest paid receiver in the NFL on a new three year deal, which is absolutely stunning. I'm sure GMs all across the country are now trying to find a way to get some sleep because this guy had three years left on his deal and no guarantee money left and said, hey, you know what? I want a new deal or I'm staying put. This guy ended up getting a new deal, which is absolutely mind-blowing. So for the Pittsburgh Steelers, this is how I personally feel about this. They got a third-round pick. They got a fifth-round pick, right? That's absolutely a steal for the Oakland Raiders. And now you kind of look at the Oakland Raiders, though. You give them all this money. And now you're seeing that they traded Amari Cooper away to try to rebuild, but then they bring in a guy like Antonio Brown. So now you're trying to figure out, and then they sign a tackle to a four-year, $66 million deal, Trent Brown formerly of the New England Patriots. And you just really have no idea the new direction that Mayock and John Gruden are going in. But personally... This is why I feel the Steelers won the trade. Everybody's going to blow me off saying, how in the world could you think that? But if you look at it at the end of the day, yes, a year ago, if you told me a top five running back and a top five wide receiver and the only compensation you would get are two third round picks and a fifth round pick, I think everybody around the league, they would be absolutely stunned. But here's the thing. When you're that big of a locker room cancer, and both of those guys at the end of the day, that's what they ended up being, it doesn't matter anymore. You got to forget about the money. You have to forget about the player. You have to forget about the, the value, and you have to put the locker room first because the last thing you want to do right now is if you're Mike Tomlin and you very damn well know you are on that hot seat, you need to get that locker room back together. So, uh, personally for me, uh, looking back in the past nine years, in the third to sixth round, we have found at least, I would say, nine good players. Um, and not even included. I mean, you think about Mike Wallace. Um, you want to look back, Emmanuel Sanders. Recently, James Conner. Uh, Antonio Brown was a sixth rounder. If you want to go into the second round as well, you could talk about Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, plenty of guys. This is how the Steelers go ahead and build their team. They stick to the draft. They stick to paying their players that stick around and are loyal. And they have their ways of doing contracts, which is the end of the day, which was what... Um, I'm sorry, uh, Antonio Brown did not want that to happen as far as having a contract with only one year guaranteed money. Same thing with Le'Veon Bell. He did not want a contract with one year guaranteed money because he was originally offered five years, 70 million, but 17 of it was guaranteed. But in my eyes, personally, I would say 
you're not cutting Le'Veon Bell after one year of that deal, so I'd probably say you're going to get two years, about 30 to $32 million out of him. But he did not want that, and that is why he is currently a free agent. He is currently sitting. A lot of teams are very unsure if they want to pay this much money for a running back, especially a running back that has not only questioned his future because he endeavors in the rap game, and apparently he ballooned up to 265 pounds, but even with taking this year off, he has a lot of mileage on him. And not only a lot of mileage, but he has two torn ACLs in the past. So you look at all the mileage, you look at the injuries, you look at the ass he was with all the drug busts, and it's a very tough call to make if you want to actually go through and pay this guy. Um, so that's how I feel about the Antonio Brown trade. I personally don't feel that they won the trade based on value because how could you? You just went ahead and traded, if not the best wide receiver in the game, top two, top three wide receiver in the league. You basically traded him for a third and fifth rounder, which um, you know the Steelers can turn out into something, but uh, it's not exactly ideal when you hear about this trade that just happened today. The Odell Beckham Jr. trade happened. Um, the New York Giants go ahead and trade him to the Cleveland Browns, and they receive Cleveland's first round pick, which is the 17th overall pick. They receive their third rounder, and they receive Jabril Peppers, who was a former first round pick, and refills that safety role that Landon Collins had. But in no way is Jabril Peppers anywhere near as good as Landon Collins is. Now, you want to go ahead and look at this deal, and you actually see um, that it looks like the New York Giants got duped, but it's not that they only got duped, but you look at the New York Giants now, and you're wondering, okay, I went ahead and I'm saying that I'm a rebuilding team last year. I got a star running back to go ahead and rebuild my team around. I'm finally starting to rebuild the offensive line. But now you're wondering, where are you going? You still have Eli Manning as your quarterback. You're trying to say that you're rebuilding you want to get younger. But yet, you have to understand, when you're a rebuilding team, unless you are getting absolutely stunning assets, there is no way you are trading your star player. You need a top five pick, personally, in my book, if you wanted to go ahead and trade Odell Beckham Jr. and that third-round pick and Jabril Peppers. Um but the way that you can look at it is if you are the New York Giants, you can look at it market-wise and actually look at it as you won this trade because about a year ago, we were talking about the same guy who wouldn't keep his mouth shut, was looking to be the highest paid player in the league, and the Los Angeles Rams came calling, and the New England Patriots came calling, both offering a first-round pick. Those were both very late first-round picks. I want to say the 27th and the 31st, if I can remember off the top of my head. Uh, but very late first-round picks. So not too much value going there because Brandon Cooks was traded about a year before for a very late first-round pick. So they were feeling that was the market for a top-value wide receiver. So now you go from having a late-round one to a mid-round one a former round one in Jabril Preppers, and a third rounder. So you go ahead and you look at this trade, 
And you might think that the Giants got due, but based on market value and where they were a year ago, I actually feel like they didn't do too bad for themselves. And if you're a Steelers fan, you got to be like me. You got to keep it as positive as possible because it straight pisses you off because you understand that this is the value that at least Antonio Brown should have commanded as well. He should have commanded at least a first rounder and another draft pick as well, but he wouldn't shut his damn mouth. He wanted to go ahead and run his mouth on Twitter, Instagram, and, you know, go on live and all those good things and just really kill his value. And he made a damn bull move. He made a quarterback move. He basically went ahead and basically did whatever the hell he wanted to, which is normally what the quarterback of the team gets to do. He navigated where he wanted to go, and he was successful in it. But wide receivers normally don't get their way. Normally, a wide receiver does not say, I want to be traded. Not only do I want to be traded, but I have zero guaranteed money, and I better get more guaranteed money. And that's exactly what he got, and he wanted to be the biggest douchebag in the world just to go ahead and say, hey, you know what? I really earned that. So at the end of the day, you look at it, I personally feel that the Steelers won their trade um, because they've gotten rid of their two locker room cancers finally. They're going to be finally uh, playing as a team. They've already replaced Le'Veon Bell with James Conner, so I'm not truly concerned about the running back position. I hope that James Washington will step up over for Antonio Brown's replacement. Can't be absolutely sure, but he was supposed to be a sure thing coming out of uh, the second round last year, and I'm hoping that a wide receiver finds a way to fall into their laps once again because they just always find a hell of a way to draft. At the end of the day, you go ahead and you look at the Odell Beckham trade. I think overall, it is probably the fairest trade that the Giants could find, but when you have a superstar talent and you're a rebuilding team, you really want to go ahead and look at how to keep your best players, not give them up. Um, so at the end of the day, you're wondering what their future holds and where they're going to end up going, who they're building with. Another thing you want to look at for the New York Giants is if you want to go ahead and trade Odell Beckham Jr., why aren't you getting rid of Eli Manning? If you're a rebuilding team and you want to get younger, the only reason why I could see the Giants keeping around Eli Manning is if they get Dwayne Haskins at the number six pick and they don't feel he's ready for the league and they want to sit him behind Eli and they feel Eli could show him the ropes. But besides that, there is absolutely no point for Eli Manning to be on that team anymore. I also have breaking news that the New York Jets have just signed Le'Veon Bell four years, 52 million, 35 million guaranteed. So at the end of the day, Le'Veon feels like he gets the money that he deserves, but was sitting out really worth it for that contract. This is the next section. We are getting into some basketball with the postseason approaching. So the first thing that everybody wants to go ahead and talk about is the very disappointing season that the Los Angeles Lakers have had. Unfortunately, tonight they did win their game in comeback fashion. They went ahead and beat the Chicago Bulls on the road down 20 plus at one point. 
but at least they went ahead and they pulled off a win because um, their their win loss record in the last ten has been just absolutely brutal. So now they sit at thirty one thirty six on the season with absolutely no avenue to the playoffs. They probably have a higher percent chance of landing Zion than they do to, to go ahead and make the playoffs. So with the Los Angeles Lakers now. This is actually looking like an absolute, complete nightmare, the situation that they're in right now. Because you look at it, and just two months ago, they were willing to deal all of their young guys for Anthony Davis. But now you look, and all these guys that they thought are assets, do you really have them as assets anymore? You offered Zubak, you go ahead and you trade him for absolutely nothing, and Mike Muscala, okay, great, fantastic, now we have Lonzo Ball, who has finished the second straight season on the injury report. I personally think he's just playing this game, the Lakers, so that he doesn't have to get traded or he can navigate his trade to the where he wants or how he wants. I know his father wants him to go to the Phoenix Suns. Another asset loss right there. You also have Brandon Ingram. So um, big shout out to Brandon uh, during this tough time that he has. Um, put your hopes and prayers out for Brandon Ingram because uh, he had to get shut down for the season. Uh, he had some unfortunate issues with blood clots in his uh, shoulder arm area um, that could eventually lead um, to um, an embolary or pulmonary embolism. I'm sorry, uh, which is what Chris Bosh had and forced him to retire from the NBA. Uh, so we hope that Brandon Ingram can go ahead and get back to a uh, quick, speedy recovery. Um, but you look at him, that's another lost asset, though. The only asset now that you have at the end of the day, you're looking at the Los Angeles Lakers, is Kyle Kuzma. So now you're on a hope and a prayer that all this BS and all this free agent talk can follow through. Because if it doesn't, do you really, at the end of the day, look as a contending team, or do you look like a team that will be either finishing with forty-eight to fifty wins, maybe comp- you know competing for the playoffs, but don't have guys that can come up in the clutch? Um, this sounds like a real nightmare if you do not get a Kyrie Irving to sign with you, if you do not get a Kawhi Leonard, if you do not get Kevin Durant, if you do not get Klay Thompson. If none of these guys go over and sign, and even though you're hearing that LeBron James is probably one of the most humble superstars that you've ever seen in the history of this world, heck, he just opened up a school for underprivileged kids in Ohio last summer. Uh, the guy is great towards his community, which actually, um, for me, when you talk about the GOAT conversation between Michael and LeBron, I feel it's so close that I don't really get into it. Obviously, this year with him, you know, getting at bounced and not even going into the playoffs is definitely going to hurt his GOAT case. But I feel that a GOAT not only carries himself as one of the best on the court, but he carries himself as one of the best off the court, which LeBron has done ever since he has gotten into the league. He has been an absolute grown, mature man since he was 18 years old with his wife and now three kids. Um, so you go ahead and look at it in that stature. But this situation is so bad that Jeff Van Gundy actually went out and said on a broadcast the other night, do you look at trading LeBron James and getting absolutely all the value that you can out of him 
in order to go ahead and finish your rebuild and compete, which is absolutely staggering because that was the whole point you were tanking and competing the years before was to go ahead and be ready for when LeBron James got here. And now you have absolutely nothing to prove behind it. You don't have any concrete free agent signings. You're on a hope and a prayer with everything. And now you look at Magic Johnson. That man is on the hot seat. Absolutely. This man traded an all-star for Kyle Kuzma and D'Angelo Russell. Um, traded away Brooke Lopez as well. Uh, which or, or I'm sorry, he lost. He got Brooke Lopez in that trade. But he lost Brooke Lopez due to free agency. The coaching staff wanted him back. He lost Julius Randle to free agency. The coaches really wanted Julius Randle back to be a competing team. So you don't have these guys anymore. And all of a sudden, you're looking and your core is dwindling. It's dwindling. You don't have anything around there. You just have LeBron and the, some Stooges, basically. Especially with uh, Lance Stevens and JaVale McGee. They're absolutely the Stooges. But uh, you look at their situation right now and you're wondering... Where the rebuilding process goes, if they are not able to land a star free agent, and do they need to already prepare for life without LeBron? The situation has gotten that bad over the course of this year with this nightmare disaster of not making the playoffs in season number one of four for LeBron. Now I'm going to head to the other part. I want to talk about the Eastern Conference because, wow, this conference is stacked this year. I mean, you're already talking about five teams that could go up with anybody in the West. We're talking about the Milwaukee Bucks, the Toronto Raptors, the 76ers, the Boston Celtics, and heck, you still got to give Indiana the respect. Even though Oladipo has went down, all of their guys have stood up and they've really stepped into their roles and they are playing as a complete team still. And with the Eastern Conference and those lower teams, you go ahead and you have that cupcake schedule. So they've actually taken care of that. And they've taken care of business against the teams that they had to. Uh, so you look at Milwaukee and Toronto, and you're looking at two teams that can do it on the road or they can do it at home. Milwaukee has... Uh, no doubt a great MVP candidate and maybe now somebody that's looking to be named the best player in the league with LeBron not making the playoffs in a uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, this man can do anything on the court uh, except for shoot a three. I mean, this dude's actually like a Ben Simmons on steroids. It's ridiculous. This dude can dribble all over you, but just really just massacre and dunk all over you, just take over a game out of nowhere. Uh, so he has a great core around him of shooters, and they build around him through that. And this team, I, it's tough to find a way to get a real weakness. They now have a good coach, so you're wondering how in the hell you're going to bounce in the playoffs. Then you have Toronto, who has uh, not only a seasoned core, but now they have young guys that are stepping up. And actually, a fun fact about the Toronto Raptors, because we're now in a league where everybody's tanking and looking for top draft picks. The Toronto Raptors, all of the players that they have, the highest ever drafted player on their roster right now, is Kawhi Leonard at number 15 overall. So they actually don't have a lottery selection that is actually playing on their team as a core part of their group as of right now. Um, but a lot of veterans stepping up. They picked up Marcus Gasol in the deadline trade. 
which made their it made their depth dangerous. Uh, you look at if depending on the type of center you're playing, you can either start him or you could start Ibaka. Um, so you look at that, and you have Van Bleed off the bench. Uh, you have Siakam stepping up, who's just playing like a beast this year. You have Kawhi that goes ahead and is instrumental in starting off the defense. Uh, this team looks... Uh, I mean, it's going to be tough to go ahead and eliminate them as well. But uh, Milwaukee has definitely proven themselves against the Toronto. But Toronto has proven themselves against uh, the other two teams that are very elite in the Sixers and the Celtics with handling both of those teams. And uh, basically, their formula has been to shut down Ben Simmons with Kawhi. Um, you hope that after this trade that they made at the deadline to go ahead and create the big four and have that starting lineup where they're all averaging 17 points a game, uh, that the 76ers can find a way to go ahead and build through the process and get to an Easter Conference Finals. Uh, that would be a great step forward. My only concern is for Elton Brand. Do you really think that this move will be worth it at the end of the day if only one out of the two guys stays? Meaning that Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler are both free agents this summer. If you only get to keep Tobias, which I am very hopeful that the Sixers will be able to keep Tobias because uh, the GOAT Bobon <laughs> is still in Philly. And uh, they're really, really great friends. They have an awesome show called Toby and Bobby that they do. So I really feel like we're going to be able to, um, as far as the Sixers are concerned, uh, I think they will be able to retain Tobias Harris. Now, I'm worried about the Sixers retaining Jimmy Butler because he might have that bright lights big city. He might have New York Knicks on his mind. Uh, sometimes he doesn't feel that he's involved enough in the offense. So you go ahead and you look at it at the end of the day. If you are Elton Bram, did you go for it a year too early? That's all I'm asking because next year, Golden State will not have their big five. They can't afford DeMarcus Cousins, so he's leaving. Milwaukee should be a possible different team. They just re-signed Bledsoe, but I don't think they're going to have the money and the luxury tax to go ahead and spend on Chris Middleton as well. Um, and they also have uh, Brooke Lopez will be a free agent and a couple other guys off that bench that'll be free agents or guys that are going to be due to get paid in the next couple of years. So you look at the Milwaukee Bucks and they're definitely going to have a different team on their hands. Um, you look at the Toronto Raptors, is Kawhi Leonard going to stay? That's the big question because they turn into a completely different team if Kawhi goes to a Los Angeles team like he said he was going to a year ago. So if he doesn't go, right, if Kyrie Irving leaves the Boston Celtics and decides that New York Knicks, he wants to go there because it's the closest to his home in New Jersey and he loves New York and there's no New Jersey Nets team anymore. So it's not the Brooklyn Nets he wants to go to because they already had D'Angelo Russell. It's the New York Knicks because he wants to revive and be the star and be the guy again and uh, bring them from the trenches of the terrible losing years that they've went ahead and suffered through. Uh, but if you're the Philadelphia 76ers, yes, you have probably the second best starting lineup in all of basketball. But you go ahead and you look at everything on the line right now. It is championship or bust with this roster. And Elton Brand, you are a first year GM, sir. 
you are not building up security for yourself if you do not retain these players. And are you willing to offer both of these players max contracts, knowing that Embiid's contract just started this year and will keep going into next year, knowing that Ben Simmons has to get paid in two years? Did you go for it all a year too early? That's the biggest question that I am asking. And also speaking about Ben Simmons, if the Sixers do not at least make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, it will not be on Jimmy Butler. It will not be on Tobias Harris. It will not be on Joel Embiid, who, by the way, looked fantastic the other day and just completely dominated and took over in the fourth quarter against the Indiana Pacers, even though they had a rocky close game tonight, 106-99 over the Cavs. But you look at Ben Simmons, and in playoff time, the teams understand how to shut him down, sit the point guard at the free throw line, allow him to throw up bricks because he cannot shoot to save his life. Although I will give him credit, he is putting in an effort to actually make fadeaway jumpers, and I think he finally attempted a couple threes. Uh, but he also has a Russell Westbrook-like efficiency as far as having high turnovers. So if you know how to shut this guy down, and at the end of the day, you knew about this last year, Benson. You knew you could not shoot. It was the only thing that you should have worked on throughout the whole summer, and you absolutely refused to work on it. It's on you this year, man. Well, you can tell everybody. Yeah, you can tell everybody, go ahead and tell everybody, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man, yes I am, yes I am, yes I am, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. Right, here we go into the last section of our show because we remember around here it is more than sports people this is the lifestyle section today all right so today for me is more of a venting session um so i apologize uh this wasn't what you were looking forward to as far as the lifestyle section uh, but sometimes i feel that, you know, venting and allowing yourself to lay across is a way to go ahead and motivate and inspire and just allow other people to just understand that, you know, sometimes we live in this world and with social media, people try to perfectionize themselves uh, to such a fake standard um, that maybe sometimes people just don't feel um, about the part of, you know, just remembering that everybody just goes through negative times in their lives. It does exist. Um, so for everybody that follows, understands that the last show recording was probably right before the new year. Um, I just wanted to get into why I kind of took a step back and took a break in uh, as far as posting podcasts. Um, the first part of it is you can hear in that great song, uh, I'm the Man. Uh, that's how I feel right now. I feel fantastic. I feel great. I feel in charge. Every day has its own journey. And a lot of times you don't feel that time or that way every single day. Uh, back in November probably was one of my lowest points. Um, I am a decent body size person. Um, and at the time I was looking at myself and I was embarrassed to look at myself, to be honest with you. I had ballooned up to 367 pounds 
and my family was sincerely worried about me. Uh, I even have you know, my sister hit me with a couple of big paragraph texts, um, you know, just putting into a perspective and having me understand that uh, if I kept la- leading uh, the life that I was leading uh, as far as unhealthy eating habits, that I would go ahead and I would I would be done for. And that, you know, sometimes when you're in those ruts and you're in those bad places, you I don't know why, but it's just so easy to forget who cares about you because you're just so stuck in the cloud. You're just thinking about yourself. You're not thinking, um, you know, about anybody else or, you know, understanding that, you know, there's others that suffer the trials and tribulations. Sometimes you just allow it to go into its own infrastructure and take its own lead inside of your head um so i decided that night um after i was in tears on the floor of my living room i decided to go ahead and uh get back on a proper trail and you know get back to wanting to look at myself and wanting to feel confidence in myself and wanting to be happy with myself so first step was first i got rid of soda um, that really didn't work or, I mean, it helped, don't get me wrong, because cutting out soda is a major sugar factor. So I lost about five to 10 pounds real quick to go ahead and start off my diet. So that was great. Um, but then as the time kept on going and I was about two months into my diet and in January, I realized I was stuck in this rut and I was only dropped, I only dropped around like 10 to 15 pounds so uh nothing serious because uh, my goal at the end of the day i want to get back to my high school weight so my high school weight was about 250 pounds so i know i have a long road to travel don't get me wrong but um i didn't realize that dieting was actually the wrong answer because at the end of the day when you overlook yourself and you overlook dieting um it's not meant to be sustained for a long period of time. So I put myself under a systemic view of, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore as far as, okay, yes, I'm going to change my eating habits, but I need to get a little bit more in-depth and a little bit more serious. Uh, I was taking a pessimistic view at one point, you know, I only eat these vegetables and, you know, that's not good enough sometimes. But now I take the view of, you know what, I eat four vegetables, I better be putting them and integrating them into every single thing that I eat every single day. Um, The other big difference for me was that I ended up logging my food which a lot of people overreact to to be honest with you it's really not as tough as it sounds you go ahead and you buy your grocery products or whatever a lot of corporate restaurants are already integrated so if you look up dishes most of the time they are already integrated but let's say that you go to uh shop right you buy a store brand of cheese uh they also have a part in there where you can scan the company and go over the calorie amount and search it just by doing that so sometimes i have store-bought food where i can't do it properly by searching but sometimes i'm able to scan it and it's able to pop up right away and it was at that point where everything just started to change for me because 
I never realized how much I was really taking in. I always felt like, you know, calories were a little bit of an overrated systemic because everybody always talks to you about your sugar levels, your carbohydrate levels, uh, your proteins, your fibers, things of those sorts. Uh, but calories kind of puts that all in one perspective and symbolizes it for you if you calorie count. Um, and I was realizing that I was really inputting probably on a normal day anywhere from four to 6,000 calories in my body in a day. So no wonder I ballooned all this weight throughout you know my, my life and my existence. The only time I didn't balloon, I was either working two jobs, serving, running around restaurants for 17 hours, um, or I was playing sports in high school. Um, but when you uphold a diet like that, yeah, that's what's going to happen. You're going to go ahead and you're going to blow up. So after that, and I started making better decisions, understanding things that were more calorie friendly, uh, making proper choices and putting a better system as far as integrating vegetables. And um, one of my favorite things to do sometimes in the morning time, I make this smoothie that has spinach, blueberries, cranberries, apples and bananas in it just to get a nice fiber going through my system. Um, once that happened, that's when it really started to drop. So now, at this time and point, I can proudly say I put myself on the scale this morning. I'm officially down 44 pounds. So uh, very ecstatic about it, don't get me wrong, but I still have a very long road to go in this game. And understanding now that I'm a lot more confident in this road because... At this point, I'm not dieting anymore. I've made life changes, and these things are going to stick. Um, it's not something that it's just going to be easy to just drop off. It's just going to be a consistency part of me. Um, and look, thank goodness that, you know, I finally realized these things at the time I did. I'm turning 26 on March 14th. Um, so when you go ahead and you look at these things, um, you don't have that much longer to live if you don't do it right after 25. And I'm in a family where diabetes and high blood pressure runs in my family. And the longest living man in my DNA was 62 years old. So if I don't do it right, then I don't stand a chance. Um, so that was one part um, basically of why I took time away from podcasting. I really wanted to focus on myself. I wanted to focus on my health. Um, my confidence. Um, I go to the gym now. When I first started my diet, I went about three to four days a week. Now I'm trying to get in anywhere from five to six days a week. So I have constant workouts that I'm doing at all times. And uh, so, yeah, that's really a part of why I stepped away from podcasting for a little bit. Um, with my schedule being so tight right now, I just took it together tonight. Uh, it's like 12, one o'clock in the morning. So I just kind of threw this together, but, um, hopefully I'll be getting back to making more in the future because, uh, this is something I do like to do. I do like to ha take this time, update everybody on everything, have the time to vent, talk to everybody about things going on in life. Um, so I'm sorry if I hit you with a little bit of a, uh, depressed and mopey story. Um, but I felt like it's a story that needed to be heard because everybody puts themselves on a pedestal with such perfection and doesn't realize that, you know what, sometimes it's, it's a great model to set 
that you know what you're happy and you're living your best life but sometimes it's not the best model to set because um, no one is perfect in this world and everybody goes through things and everybody has bad days and sometimes people have very deep dark days um, so if there's any way that you can go ahead and take a step forward to help that person and give them that pat on the back I highly suggest that you do so because um, you really it's not like anybody's like I didn't want to tell my family up right up in a way that I knew what I was doing I know that I'm ballooning up I know that I'm eating bad but I don't want to look at myself and sometimes I don't know what the potential of the world has for me like you those are things that you don't want to admit to people that's it's just real life um so you know just step up and you know if you understand that that person's there you know sometimes it's not just going ahead and just bugging them and just saying are you okay are you okay are you okay um you know sometimes you can give a non-verbal form you know just pat them on the back uh, it's just smile and give them that endearment. Let them know that you're there for them. Or for the people that you truly are close with and the people that you love, sometimes you just got to give them the tough love. It's just how it is. Um, my sister gave me some damn tough love, and I'm forever grateful for it because um, sometimes when you, you're just so stuck in yourself and you're so blind, uh, you need somebody to open your surfaces. And I think that's going to wrap it up for the show today. Rapid Sports and Lifestyle with Ray J, where we don't just talk about sports, but we get into life too. So we will put a little bit of a cap on episode number four. This episode ran a little bit longer than I like it to. I'd normally like to keep it at a half hour for you guys. But there was so much to catch up on as far as sports and just wanting to let my story be heard for everybody that I did let this run a little bit longer than most of my episodes are. So uh, forever grateful for the people that turn in, uh, tune in, I'm sorry, and uh, enjoy their time and enjoy the show. And I truly thank you and keep fighting. And there are better days. Be confident, be proud, love yourself, and just do the best of your ability. So cold. I ain't went this hard since I was 18. Apologize if I say anything I don't mean. Like, what's up with your best friend? We get all have some fun, believe.